Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. We continue Jim Belvano's fight against cancer. Blue Collar City. We were the white collar city. Disrespecting each other. It wasn't just a game. It was a fist They think they're better than everybody else. Why are they America's They're trying to take them from you. I would describe their robbery as gritty. It's about who comes out there, who's more physical. Yeah, I don't know too many people that really like the Cowboys. I know when kids are born in Philly, the first thing that they're taught is to dislike the Cowboys. I just hate them. They stink. The fans are very serious about this robbery. Dallas, we hate you. They don't like us, we don't like them. Y'all asking me questions like I should be worried about them. It'll be a great challenge. Winning is the only thing that matters. history between the Eagles and the Cowboys. We're going to get to see it again in just a few days. Dan Orlovsky, Andrew Hawkins, Marcus Spears will be with us in just a little bit. Let's get right to it, you guys, though. The game of the week in the NFC. A division rivalry, of course, between the Cowboys and the Eagles, and we're going to go right to the star in Texas. That is where we find Ed Werder, of course. And, Ed, uh, it was weird to not get an injury update from you on Wednesday, but today's medical update caught us all by surprise. What exactly is going on in Dallas today? Well, Mike McCarthy wasn't on the injury report officially, but he did miss practice because he had uh, was diagnosed with appendicitis and he's undergone surgery today. You know, because he's devising the game plans and now calling the plays for the highest scoring offense in the league for the first time in Dallas, Mike McCarthy's importance to Dak Prescott and the players has never been higher. Defensive coordinator Dan Quinn was emphatic about his belief that McCarthy will recover from the appendectomy scheduled for today in time to fulfill his normal role Sunday night against the Eagles. In fact, he predicted McCarthy would be online tonight looking at practice video uh, from today while beginning that recovery. McCarthy was here at the team facility this morning when he told Quinn he was experiencing severe abdominal pain. Quinn told McCarthy he didn't look well. He then went to be examined by the doctors, and the diagnosis of appendicitis was made. Quinn said players were informed during their walkthrough about the situation. The Cowboys depended upon their three veteran coordinators, Quinn, Brian Schottenheimer, and special teams coach Jim Fossil, to supervise their first practice of the week for the Eagles today. It seems worth noting that Quinn has extensive head coaching experience from his time with the Falcons and was also the interim head coach when McCarthy missed a December game in New Orleans two years ago. They defeated the Saints by 10 in the Superdome when McCarthy tested positive for COVID, an experience the players feel may benefit them now. Shout out to COVID. It helped us learn how to adjust uh, quickly. Uh, so, <laughs> you, know, um, you know, but definitely praying for him, praying for him to get back, um, you know, healthy as soon as possible. And, um, you know, he knows we're getting ready and we'll be ready. Well, the difference from two years ago when McCarthy missed his only game is that Kellen Moore at the time was the play caller, not McCarthy. If McCarthy, Laura, misses the game, uh, which is not the expectation, presumably the play calling would belong to offensive coordinator um, Brian Schottenheimer, who was appointed to that position 
this offseason. He's been an offensive play caller for numerous teams for many years in his long coaching career, but this is the first time he's been an offensive coordinator and didn't have play calling responsibility. But again, the Cowboys think McCarthy will be there to fulfill his normal head coaching role on Sunday night. Yeah, um, thanks, Ed, for all the information. I, I hope he feels better, too. Uh, my mom actually went through the appendectomy. It is not pleasant. So I just, I, I don't. I information was that was totally necessary. Well, yeah. it was, because that's a lot Hopefully to go through. your mom. She's good. great now. Okay, yep, Dan, <laughs> with Jeez. McCarthy not at the facility, though, leading up to the game, how much does that affect the game plan heading into Sunday? I do not believe it affects anything during the week. They yeah. can still do everything necessary. I do believe it's a big deal, potentially, if he's not there on Sunday. If you asked one of the main reasons why the Cowboys have had this success offensively and certainly Dak Prescott, it's Mike McCarthy on game day. We have all raved about how good he has been play calling wise and tying things together and getting in a groove and seeing what the counter is. I've talked about this countless times ever since their bye week. So if he's not there, this is not just, I say this all the time, hey, just call a play. That's mm. not what great play callers in the NFL do. He calls great games. That's what Mike mm. McCarthy does. So if he's not there, that is a massive loss for that offense. Yeah, it, it really increases the scope and responsibilities of everybody. Coaches, players, everyone takes sure. a little bit more on because, you know, coaches, especially veterans, understand that, you know, coaches like Coach Quinn, Schottenheimer are not going to have their hands on the position groups or sides of the ball they typically do because they have to fill some of those head coaching duties throughout the week, right. play calling and practice. So you really have to rely on your veterans and captains and your leader in Dak Prescott. If in the event McCarthy is not there to call plays, right. Dak has to kind of assume this quasi-quarterback and play caller type position. And how he plays a little bit, too. Exactly. He has to be able to fill that void and say, okay, these are the things that have worked for us. These are the things I feel comfortable with mm -hmm. so that the rest of the players on the team also feel confident in what yeah. he's doing. Oh, go ahead. Re real quick, also, it's not just everyone always thinks, like, well, the head coach decides if they go for it on fourth down. Mm. Well, if that's the case, they also determine how they play third down, how they mm -hmm. play second down, where and when they're going to do that. That's kind of my point of how Dak's going to handle his yeah. play in some of those situations is going to be a big deal as well. Uh, McCarthy says he'll be ready. He says he'll be on the sideline. It's also worth thinking about just how important this game is when it comes to seeding. And here's a reminder that Dak Prescott enters the game playing arguably the best football of his career as he leads the NFL in QBR and passing touchdowns. He'll look to exploit an Eagles defense that has been one of the worst in the NFL at defending the pass. Philly has allowed the highest QBR and the second most passing touchdowns in the league. In the previous meeting between these two teams just over a month ago, remember Prescott threw for 374 yards and three touchdowns. Dan, as we talk about the Cowboys offense against the Eagles defense in this first round of talking about this game, what do you want to see this Eagles defense do on Sunday? I just think you got to tell Darius Slay and James Bradbury this is an earn your paycheck game mm. you, you, and, and by doing that you tell those guys you're going to be singled up a ton we got to protect the middle of the field because that's where we've been vulnerable number two you better have a plan for Jake Ferguson right now Philadelphia defensively is allowing a QBR of 95 to tight ends that would be the worst since 2016 by any defense so you better have a plan for him because he's surging and then if you go back to that last game they played about a month ago and that fourth quarter performance by Dak Prescott the lack of interior push or plan by their defensive tackle showed up 
Watch both these guys here. That's a gashing hole for Dak Prescott to step in, step up in. Lack of discipline. Another situation, both of these guys, and I understand they're, they're playing against good players, but these guys for Philadelphia defensive tackle, the Jalen Carters and the Fletcher Cox, there's a lack of discipline there. Another example of just letting him, or letting that run game get pushed. So uh, the, the lack of plan, the execution, the the rush security when it comes to, look at the, the, the lanes that they allowed Dak Prescott yeah. to step up in. So, and Marcus talks about that. All, I think that interior rush, He's got to play with great effort, but even more so, like, unbelievable discipline because that's when Dak got hot in that last meeting. Yeah, you mentioned him getting hot. Uh, Hawk, when you think about Dak and company, they have been an issue for defenses yeah. in recent weeks. What changed for them? You know, it's what Dan talked about with Ferguson coming on as well as specifically Brandon Cooks at the wide receiver position. Like, he's really been an X factor. Yes, CeeDee Lamb has been incredible down sure. the field. But because Brandon Cooks has come on so strong, it's allowed them – to really have a balanced passing attack and force defenses to approach them honestly. Now, I went back and watched the Arizona game mm. that the Cardinals lost early in the season. That was kind of a surprise to everyone. And you could so visibly see that Cooks and Dak were not on the same page from, you know, quick game in the sticks, from him expecting him to sit down versus man-to-man -man approaches. But now when you watch the, 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 the film at this part of the season, Cooks is on top of it. Cooks is yeah. on top of it. Him and Dak are so seeing the same the routes thing. routes that they're using him in? They have it. What has happened is in the West Coast offense, it is such a precise offense, and it, 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 it requires so much detail that it just takes time to get on the same page. Your quarterback and your receiver have to be seeing the same things at the same time. And when you watch the film now, Cook and Dak, specifically mm. in the middle of the field, are doing that at a very high clip. Yeah, they're in a nice rhythm. All right, so Marcus Spears joins us just in time to talk about the Cowboys offense. What do you want to see out of them, Swagoo, against the Eagles on Sunday? <clears throat> Add another element, Boogie. Um, I want to see the run game get going. Just some explosive runs. I'm not talking about handing it off 30 times in this game. Obviously, the Cowboys are what they are because of what Dak is doing and pushing the ball downfield to these weapons. But I think this is another layer that they have to get going, right? Remember the thought that we had about Tony Pollard. People talked about him being the three-down back now. He's going to be the feature guy. But along with him and Rico Dowdo, it is a change-up. Dowdo is the more powerful guy in between the tackles. And obviously, Tony Pollard with the explosiveness when he finds a lane or a crease. But I think if you Dallas... And you're thinking about not only this Philly game, but as you push forward, these games become much and much easier if you add this element to your game. Offensively, explosive down the field. We've talked about it. We've celebrated. We've applauded it. But this is one of those areas that I think they need to get going or it could get you in these big games down the stretch. Yeah, the Cowboys, three-and-a-half-point favorites at home. They've scored at least 40 points in four straight games at home. That's tied for the longest streak in NFL history. Ooh. We'll get an Eagles report later on. And we're just getting started on NFL Live. Jordan Love has gotten his Packers right back into the playoff hunt with a win over the defending champs. Dan heads to the touchscreen to show us the biggest difference he's seen in Love in recent weeks. We'll get Swagoo's falsetto, too. We're also back with another Wide out Wednesday. Stay tuned as oh. Dan and Hogg talk about why Tyree Hill is on pace for an historic season. That's coming your way next. NFL Live just getting started on ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit style pizza in the country, there's no competition. 
Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Number one is laugh. You should laugh every day. Number two is think. You should spend some time in thought. And number three is you should have your emotions moved to tears. Could be happiness or joy. But think about it. If you laugh, you think, and you cry, that's a full day. That's a heck of a day. It's V-Week at ESPN when we partner with the V-Foundation to highlight the urgent need for cancer research. This is game-changing research that helps save lives. You can join the fight against cancer by visiting v.org slash donate. 100% of your donation goes directly to cancer research. New on NFL Live here, Adam Schefter just putting this out. Tweet on the Patriots and their injuries. They ruled out the Thursday night's game tomorrow against the Steelers. Ramondre Stevenson, that's really one of the highlights there, or lowlights, I guess, if you're the Patriots. Demario Douglas and Kayshawn Boutte, also offensive lineman Riley Reef. Let's get to some other top stories. Adam, all eyes right now in Jacksonville. What's the status of Trevor Lawrence? Well, Laura, Trevor Lawrence essentially was walking around today. He was in a walking boot, but the fact that he was not injured more severely is an encouraging sign for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Don't think he'll be able to play on Sunday, though they haven't ruled him out. They're not giving up hope if he can't play. C.J. Beathard would step in and replace him. Lawrence dealing with that high ankle sprain, and we'll see if he's able to get past that for a big game against the Cleveland Browns. Meanwhile, the New York Jets are turning back to Zach Wilson, who has benched two weeks ago in favor of Tim Boyle, who was released earlier this week. And so it's time for Zach Wilson to step back. Robert Sala, the Jets head coach, said the Jets are looking for a spark on their offense. They're hoping that Zach Wilson is the quarterback to provide it. And meanwhile, Aaron Rodgers didn't even practice. T.J. Watt, who limped off the field at the end of Sunday's game, was not listed on today's injury report for the Steelers. He is good to go for Thursday night's game against the New England Patriots. However, the Steelers running back Najee Harris didn't practice all week long. He is listed as questionable due to a knee injury. We'll see if he's able to go tomorrow night versus the Patriots, Laura. Thanks, Adam. And um, speaking of T.J. Watt, how about this? Every Wednesday, we find some of the more offbeat sound bites. We talk about them for you in a segment called Lost in Translation. Today, we go to Pittsburgh, where Watt's defensive coordinator, Terrell Austin, had an interesting comparison. Uh, we just deal with it. We just continue to fight and go. Uh, it's almost like the hack-a-shack. You know, people would hack-shack all the time. And he got fouled so much, and everybody knew it was a foul, but after a while, they didn't call it because it was so, it was so doggone good. Marcus, a hack-a-shack. What you got on that? First of all, the analogy is terrible because we play football, and I love T.A. <laughs> Terrell Austin. That's my guy. 
But but TJ White being compared to Hackershack is is so apples to oranges. One, they hold every damn play. Y'all talking to a D lineman. Offensive linemen hold every single play of a football oh, game. Oh, dude. And I wasn't remotely close as good to TJ White. So I'm sure they hold him double every game. But the refs ain't gonna call it. The man still get a hundred sacks a year. He'll be okay. I would um, I would deploy some kind of shack um, on TJ Watt too, so he wouldn't kill my quarterback boogie. Yeah, I, hey, I love it. But also, we're not going to let these offensive guys respond. So you just got the last word there. Let's read no, and react. No. <laughs> yeah, they're holding me. Mm, okay, Joe Flacco made his Browns debut in the team's loss on Sunday, but he put up some numbers. Okay, throwing for 254 yards and a couple touchdowns. Cleveland weighed in on their backup quarterback today. Veteran leadership. You know, he throw the ball down the field a lot, and he make good decisions. So, as a defense, we gotta we gotta have his back. He's playing well like that. So we didn't have it last game, so we're going to get him this game. Um, it was fun to watch, you know, as a player and as a fan of his game. Uh, you know, just being, seeing him able to make those throws and at times where we needed him, it, it was fun to watch. Him. It was great. Hog, what did we learn from the first Browns game with yet another quarterback? We learned that Flacco has the ability to push the ball down the field, which means they get to open their offensive menu back up and the overwhelming feeling in Northeast Ohio is that because of that now he brings balance back to a team with a generational defense once Denzel Ward comes back and Miles Garrett is okay and then at that point then it's time to say hey this is back to being a playoff team mm. especially if he continues to get better I mean man he was throwing that thing all right next up Green Bay where Jordan Love and the Packers have won three straight games and during the winning streak Love leads the NFL in QBR look at that he's completed nearly 70% of his passes with eight touchdowns and zero interceptions Dan what's the tape showing you about Love's improvement over the last few weeks yeah really the play action pass sometimes they're just calling plays and not asking him to think and react and sometimes they're giving him ownership of the line of scrimmage so they get up under center you're going to see a little bit of motion from that tight end ball's going to get snapped now I want to start with the defense Kansas City's in cover too okay so that corner has that zone and that safety has that zone so the area that you want to attack is kind of what we call the alley okay now the only way that you can attack it is you have to affect these linebackers you try to get them to stay lower so that area that you want to attack is a little bit more expanded so hence that motion, okay? That motion comes and the backside tight end goes across. So they bring the motion back across, the backside tight end slices, and then here's this ball fake. So there's that play action. The last part is this, Christian Watson. What is Christian Watson known for in the NFL? His vertical speed. So they want him running down the field as fast as possible and then sitting in a deep hook. So you have that safety open up. Okay, and that linebackers stay low because the play action. Now, Jordan Love, you tell him one thing. You're coming and finding that Will linebacker. If he's low, you get that ball out on time because this is a non-think play. Delivers a strike perfectly in that vacated area. Now we'll go to an, a time when they're giving him a little bit responsibility or control at the line of scrimmage. I'm going to draw this play. It's called cross country, essentially. We have double posts on this side with the crosser, and then the backside is going to have a deep cross. Now that play, ideally, is for one safety in the middle of the field, but Kansas City pre-snap is showing two safeties. Jordan Love at the line of scrimmage. Ball fake comes. Well, they go down to one safety, right? There's only one safety. Now he's got the chance to hit that big crosser. That's the ideal coverage. There's a beautiful throw before that pass off. Now, how did he know that it was going to be one safety? Because, Dan, you showed me pre-snap. It was really in two safeties. I want everyone to pay attention to number 21 right here. Jordan Love's at the line of scrimmage right now. Like, hot, 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 hot. 
trying to go through a dummy cadence. You're gonna see 21 creep down, okay? When 21 creeps down, Jordan's gonna react. See 21 goes down, Jordan's like, okay, I got you. Now this is that check with me. Now he's gonna go touch his helmet. What does that mean? I'm going to the second play. Hey, alert, alert, alert. I'm going to the second play, guys. The play that we want is perfect for that cover three zone. Alert, alert, look, everybody correspond. Now Jordan Love has the control at the line of scrimmage. They challenge him to think a little bit. There's another great pocket for them, and he delivers a beautiful crosser to their wide receiver. So I love the fact that Matt LaFleur is now sometimes saying, hey, dude, get to the line of scrimmage, play fast, read off one guy, deliver a strike. And sometimes it's, here's a little ownership. If we get the hmm. ideal look, control the line of scrimmage and get us into the perfect play. That's part of his development and evolution. So interesting. You even saw 21 notice that Jordan Love had noticed him, yep. and then he tried to go one way, he bit wrong. It's exactly. just fascinating. Yep. You see the adjustments there. Congratulations to Jordan Love in the past. Good. We'll see how long it goes. Up next, the top two teams in the NFC East face off Sunday as the Eagles head to Dallas. We'll hear from Jalen Hurts and Nick Sirianni about this matchup that could help decide the East. I can't wait for this game. This is a big game. Also, you guys know who you're going to pick in the game yet? I'll probably take Dallas. Really? I like huh? Dallas, too. Ah, Dallas come on. I do. I'm wearing the Eagles green today. Maybe I'm picking them. Are you an Eagles fan? We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Like I said, baby, I'm the cheater and I'm the lion. It's simple. It's Tyreek Hill. Arguably the most explosive player in the game. He is absolutely sensational and unstoppable. He is the scariest player in the NFL for the simple fact there is no answer for him. I took that to heart, bro. I don't play that. You breaking 2,000 yards next year? This season? I will break 2,000 yards next year, bro. Well, as you heard there, Tyreek Hill said during the offseason off that he would have 2,000 receiving yards this season. By the way, he's on pace to do it, okay? Hill is averaging over 123 receiving yards per game. If he maintains that pace for the final five games, he will become the first player in NFL history with 2,000 receiving yards in a season. We shouldn't have doubted it, okay? It's Whiteout Wednesday. Dan and Hogg, teach us something about Hill. In, in many people's eyes, he's probably the lead at MVP right now. I've said this for a while now. I think... All of us undervalue how intelligent he is because of how dominant he is physically. This is going to be the long touchdown, at least the first long touchdown with him in the seam against Washington this past weekend. Talk us through it, Hawk. So, Coach Wes Welker was asked to compare him and Randy Moss, and he said, no disrespect to Randy, but Tyree can run all the routes. And, and let me show you exactly what he means by that. He runs every route on the outside like he's the best receiver in football, and when he's in the slot, he does the same. Right here is a seam route. 
So a seam route, um, which is different than an inside fade, because the inside fade is going to be outside the numbers. Yep. The seam route is going to be down the middle, and it's called a seam because you're attacking the edges of coverage responsibilities on the defense, right? Yep. So if it's a zone, if there's a free safety and a, and, a, and a cover three corner down here, you're trying to get right down the middle. Now, right here, we have a single high safety. They're man-to-man -man down low, which is why I have no idea why you would do that on Tyreek Hill. Correct. It's, it's, it's a death sentence. But because of that, watch how he runs this, because here's where the detail comes in. It's, it's all about how you're attacking specific coverage. So go to the next shot for me so we can go through the route, Dan, really quick. So you're attacking a specific part of the field, and he gets outside man-to-man. -man. Because yep. he has outside man-to-man, -man, he knows there's probably a single high safety. But what you have to do is you have to hold this defender where he's trying to protect. Okay. So he is going to outside release to the top of the numbers. The seam is at the top of the numbers, on the numbers to three yards inside of it. Okay, so one more time, take it back. He attacks the outside hip of this corner, of this coverage, to get him to open up and protect where he's trying to protect, and that opens up the lane for where the seam is. So let me ask you this real quick, because I've always been heard like landmark on the seam is the most important thing for a quarterback. You want, mm -hmm. essentially, I want the ball to be thrown like right there on the top of the numbers, yep. right at like 18 to 22 yards. I want to bring it back to the point where he gets at where the defensive or that nickel back. So you think he's trying to set this defender to widen that way and then slip under and get back to the landmark? Absolutely. That's exactly what he's trying to do because, again, he's protecting there. And if he just goes and releases straight, he will get washed off of that landmark, and he needs that to make sure Tua gets the throw. Give me the last angle one more time, the next one, and I'll show you what that means, Dan. And this is why this is a seam. I ran a lot of these as a slot receiver, as you can imagine. So he's going to release outside here. Right? And he's yeah. going to get to that landmark. The reason why that is the scene is because if there's a safety in the middle of the field, that is the, the spot, the edge of the coverage, right. where you can protect that receiver from getting blasted by that free safety. He cannot get there fast enough to make that play if you get to your landmark on time. I want to ask you something. So oftentimes when we talk about the go route on the outside, right? Uh -huh. when, when receivers go like inside that defensive back, we always often say you got to stack them to get back outside, meaning you got to get back on top of that defensive back. Is that still the same rule in this situation? Because he goes inside the leverage, but then it looks like he tries to stack him. You think he's trying to stack him or get away from the safety? He's trying to get away from the safety because he knows that that free safety is over there and he okay. can't get there. But on top of that, I mean, it's probably called like a stomp, but he sees the coverage and he says, oh, I know I can take this inside, turn it into a seam. And of course, him and Tua, they're cooking with oil because they're just on the same page constantly to turn into a 70-yard touchdown. See, that's what I think. Like, he's so physically talented, but in many ways, like, he, it, it sounds like he just created his own route in that situation. This is why he's special, it's a, to Wes Welker's point. If I tell you Tyreek Hill scored a 50-yard touchdown and I asked everybody in this studio to close their eyes and imagine it, we'd all have a completely different route. Mm. If I said Randy Moss, we'd probably all have the same play in our head, and mm. that's, that's why Tyreek Hill is so special. That's fair. Guys, Tyreek Hill, according to ESPN Bet, seventh in the MVP odds right now. We'll see if he ends up winning it. Let's get back to the Eagles and Cowboys game on Sunday as we bring in ESPN Eagles reporter Tim McManus. Big news this week in Philly with the signing of linebacker Shaq Leonard. What did the team have to say about it today, Tim?
Yeah, Lars. So there was a fun, semi-dramatic moment in the in, inside the Eagles locker room a short time ago. As the media was walking in, there was a team employee standing on a chair, sliding in Shaq Leonard's new nameplate. And it spoke to kind of the freshness of it all. And, you know, the fact that one of the most respected linebackers in the game is now an Eagle. Now, Leonard was choosing between the Cowboys and the Eagles, who, of course, square off on Sunday night football. Uh, and But it was Nick Sirianni, the head coach of the Eagles, that helped tip the scales in favor of the Eagles. Yeah, I don't think it was just, you know, Dallas, Philly. It was more so, you know, um, you know Nick and I were together when we was in uh, Indy. Uh, Nick was a you know, great coach, great competitor. Uh, we had a bond, you know, when we was in when we was in Indy. So we kind of just kind of just went with that. Uh, you always got to worry about him punching the ball out. That was always a, a, a talk whenever we played the Colts, and he was the leader. So uh, just having uh, him uh, over here, you know, and I'm sure, you know, just watching from afar, you you tell like the leadership value that he had over there in the Colts, and just having it in the locker room in this locker room is gonna help us out a lot. And Leonard, Leonard said that he was stunned that he was released by the Colts in late November. He had two back surgeries last year, saw his playing time dip in 2023 with Indianapolis. And he said that he wants to prove not just to the Colts, but to himself that he can still play. Yeah, um, great stuff. By the way, did anyone else notice how hard it was to get the nameplate in there over the, the locker? The poor guy was starting on the wrong side. They had to go to the other side. Anyway, That's these are things. Took, huh? No, I took a lot, but I, I did take that too. All right, thanks to Tim McManus. Big game coming this way this weekend. Time to check out the ESPN Bet Futures Spotlight. And despite only holding a one-game lead over the Cowboys for the NFC East lead, the Eagles still a heavy favorite to win the division, according to ESPN Bet. That's because of the difficulty of the Cowboys' remaining schedule. Based on the combined win percentage of their opponents, the Cowboys had the second-hardest schedule in the NFL over the final five weeks of the regular season. We're going to ask Marcus to take off his Cowboys hat here for a minute. Mm. He's got it off to the side. Uh, who do you like to win the NFC East, Swagoo? First of all, Boogie, uh, Dan need a room dedicated to nameplates, all the damn nameplates he accumulated <laughs> over his career in the league. Um, here's the thing. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, you've been on me for the last couple of days. It's time for me to start swinging back. You got him. I'm, I'm taking Philly, though. I'm, I'm taking Philly Ooh. because I've seen them perform, even though we come in right off of this loss against the San Francisco 49ers. I don't know if you should still – I mean, the faith shouldn't wane with this team. And ultimately, that game was 14-6 going into halftime. So it's not like, you know, it got out of hand late. But we know this team is really good. I think they had some identity issues like Dan has talked about. I'm sure they are going to try to get that corrected this week. I'm not saying that they'll win the game against the Cowboys, but I expect the Eagles to play better for the rest of the way. And either you needed that to get woken up or that was a picture of what they are. And I, I refuse to believe what we watch Philly be against San Francisco as being who they are mm. the rest of the season. Yeah, I mean, credit to San Francisco, too, as we've done. They seem to be the top team, maybe in the all of football. Uh, the Cowboys do have a difficult schedule coming up, Swagoo, but I can't believe you took your Cowboys hat he's off. Really, he's good. Playing. All right, still to come, he's sandbagging. The Ravens are flying high atop of their division, but what is going to be the recipe for Matthew Stafford and the Rams offense to steal a win in Baltimore? We'll have that answer for you next. We'll be right back. ESPN Bet is the official sportsbook of ESPN. For exclusive offers with your favorite ESPN personalities, sign up for the ESPN Bet app. 
All users get $200 in bonus bets after making any sportsbook bet. Download the app and sign up today. What a play. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Next week, we'll have two Monday Night Football games at 8 Eastern. The AFC matchup between Tua Tungavailoa and the Dolphins and Will Levis and the Titans on ESPN and ESPN Deportes. And on ABC, it's the NFC matchup between Jordan Love and the Packers and Saquon Barkley and the Giants. Peyton and Eli on ESPN2. Everything can be seen on ESPN+. Plus. Let's get back to some of our top stories with Adam Schefter. Huge NFC East matchup on Sunday. The fact of the matter is Dallas has a trio of coordinators getting the Cowboys ready for Sunday night's game with Mike McCarthy undergoing surgery today for acute appendicitis. The Cowboys have Dan Quinn, their defensive coordinator, Brian Schottenheimer, their offensive coordinator, and their special teams coordinator, John Fossil, running practice, getting this team ready for one of the biggest games of the season Sunday night against the Philadelphia Eagles. But Mike McCarthy is expected back by them. Meanwhile, the Minnesota Vikings are expected to get back Justin Jefferson on Sunday, and they want to match him up with their quarterback, Josh Dobbs, whom their head coach, Kevin O'Connell, said today they're going to stick with this week at Las Vegas against the Raiders. So it will be Jefferson and Josh Dobbs helping the Vikings in Las Vegas. And meanwhile, Puka Nakua is expected to be able to play on Sunday in Baltimore against the Ravens, despite the fact that he left last week's game against Cleveland with a sprained AC joint. They think he's gonna be okay. He was able to come back and finish the game last week, played through some discomfort, produced, just like Puka has all season long, and they're hoping that he can do the same thing on Sunday against the Ravens, Laura. Thank you. What, what a game uh, there to look forward to. Matthew Stafford, win. it's huge, and the Rams facing a tough test this week on oh, the road, so by the way, against the Ravens. I know. That'll make you do that, okay? This Ravens defense, which has pressured opposing quarterbacks at the seventh highest rate in the NFL. Stafford has a 74 QBR when he has a clean pocket, which ranks top 10 in the NFL. However, when Stafford is pressured, his QBR plummets to 13. That's the second largest decline in the NFL ahead of only Jared Goff. Reminds me a little bit of how Tom Brady uh, QBR would be affected by pressure when he was playing in those last couple Golly, seasons. I know. I know. <laughs> 74 <laughs> to 13. So, Marcus, how important will it be for that Ravens defense to get pressure on Stafford Sunday? Very important. And coincidentally, they're the best in the league at doing it. And when you think about, they also lead the league in sacks, um, 47 on the season. But And it's the front four as well. But we all know how successful they are in pressure packages as well using linebackers, using Kyle Hamilton off the edge, 
Matt BK is an interior pressure guy. And then Jadavian Clowney is having a year where he's actually finishing on quarterbacks and getting the ball out. The Baltimore Ravens, um, if they are going to have success in this game defensively, it's going to start with their front. I don't think anybody can give Matthew Stafford. I'm going to say this, and, and I know Dan going to smile. I don't think anybody in the league can give Matthew Stafford time and expect to have success against him and these mm. receivers and the concepts and the way that they run routes. But this is the way you do it. You cut the head off the snake. And we've seen this movie before, like you mentioned with Tom Brady, Boogie. But the Baltimore Ravens have an intricate rush plan. McDonald uses it to his advantage as opposed to needing to use it. And the front four for the Baltimore Ravens is now starting to generate not only pressures but sacks. And they also cause turnovers in that regard. Last week was a Matthew Stafford game. This week is not. This week is mm. a Kyron Williams game. You got to make sure that the pressure yes, isn't even part of the conversation. Three different runs that they, when they do them the right way, excel at. Number one, their zone scheme, but only because they do a good job of getting to the second level. Watch these two double teams. Look where they start, okay? Look where they climb to. That's the ability to get to the second level, and that gives Kyron Williams the opportunity to press. Even though the linebacker backdoors, he presses it, then can cut. So they got to do a great job versus Baltimore getting to the second level. Number two, their toss play. Okay, they're one of the better teams toss-wise. Puka and the tight end at the bottom, they'll motion. This is called really a lead or load toss. Now we've gained a numbers advantage. Puka goes through the defensive end up to that secondary player. The tight end can capture then that defensive end, and you got that lead blocker. So this is why, like, you create all that defense to run side to side, and again, there's that cutback lane for Kyron. The last part, and this is huge, who wins the battle of Puka blocking-wise to the secondary of the Baltimore Ravens? Mm -hmm. This is called an insert block, okay? The tight end blocks out. We get double-team the linebacker. Puka starts outside and goes inside to be able to essentially inside-out block that secondary player. He's awesome at it, and so... Yep. If the Rams are going to give themselves the best chance, it's going to be that the pressure situations are minimized by how good they are in some of those run, scat, run I, schemes. I, I love that, what you said about Puka, and people are wondering why he's still the focal point in this offense, even with cutback. Or, and there's three reasons why. Number one, he's the best blocking receiver in the league. That tape showed it perfectly. Mm. Number two, he has such a feel beyond his year for the game. We're going to show a play here from last week against the Browns where Matt Stafford sees something in a defense, a defense against Schwartz, which he probably knows better than anybody when they were together at the Lions. It's going to be a Tampa 2. He changes the play, changes the alignment. Yeah. This middle linebacker, Taki Taki, is going to take away deep middle, essentially, because those two safeties up top are going to be very wide. This is a play they clearly worked on. It's the most important thing for Puka to get on his horse and get to a spot for Matt Stafford to throw this ball beyond Taki Taki, who was guarding against two or three. And the third thing is because that juice, after he makes that catch, turns it into a 70-yard touchdown. Quick question. So when does he know to look? Ten yards. It can't look before ten yards because Why? the most important thing is timing. Okay. Right? So he has to be beyond that linebacker for that play to work, and he has to be on his horse. If you look back, you're slowing down. So if you watch that play, he doesn't look back until 11 yards down the field where mm. he knows he's even because if I'm even, I'm leaving. I'm leaving. Look and expect. Look and expect. Man, that's cool even to Smart. think about in the back of his head. He's got to think, i got to get 10 yards. And even knowing exactly where that is, just the Absolutely. feel, the chemistry in that offense. That ball coming. It's developing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> coming it's coming ball. out hot. Okay. Coming up on NFL Live, a big game in the AFC with the Bills taking on the Chiefs, who both need bounce back wins after close losses. Find out who Marcus says needs to show up for Buffalo if they want to get back on track. It's all coming up next on NFL Live right here on ESPN.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sunday NFL Countdown crew has you covered for week 14 at 10 a.m. Eastern and the Monday Night Countdown crew gets you set for a Monday Night Football doubleheader with a two-hour pregame show starting at 6 Eastern on ESPN and the app. Hey, Time Magazine, by the way, named noted Chiefs fan Taylor Swift their person of the year. Congratulations to Taylor. In the article, she said, quote, football is awesome, it turns out. I've been missing out my whole life. We're glad to have you, Taylor, and a new generation of football fans was born too as the Swifties have all come along to this great football party. It's we a love story. It, uh, baby, just say yes. Okay, I'm actually really mad that you made me do that. <laughs> <laughs> that was not planned. New on NFL Live, we got a Patrick Mahomes Josh Allen matchup on Sunday night. The Bills quarterback was asked about their relationship today. It's pretty cool. Um, you know, we everybody knows we golf a little bit together, and he still owes me uh, something for that Wyoming Texas Tech game. You know, so we'll we'll figure that that out soon. But he's he's one of, one of the best quarterbacks um, at the position, really, to ever play the game. You know, already at such a, a young age for him, and he's already accomplished so much in his career. And um, can't help but respect a guy like that. And um, you know, he's an even better person off the field. I mean, anytime these two teams play, these two quarterbacks, I, I just love it. I don't even care. All right, let's take a close look, though, at this Bills offense. They did fire offensive coordinator Ken Dorsey last month. The offense seems to have taken a step forward. Is that yeah. how you see it, Hawk? I, absolutely, and it's because of the way Joe Brady has been calling plays. Dan says it all the time. It's not just about calling just random plays right. on offense. It's about a game plan and a sequence, and that's what Joe Brady has done really well. Same plays, but how he deplores them based on the situation and his game plan going in has changed it. Now, specifically, what I think the Bills need to do is continue to use Khalil Shakir as the number three receiver. Now, since Dawson Knox has been hurt, they've played a lot more 11 personnel than 12 personnel. Yeah. And Shakir has come on so strong at the receiver position that it's added balance. On top of the Joe Brady deployment of plays, they have to continue to do that because it'll make defenses continue to play Stephon Diggs honest, mm. and it creates that balance for Josh Allen not to feel forced into certain throws in certain situations yeah. that aren't advantageous for the for the offense. Yeah, he starts getting frantic and things yes. don't go well. Uh, Dan, as we turn to the matchup against Kansas City on Sunday, what do you want to specifically see from Joe Brady as a play caller? I love the fact that he stopped going horizontal in their run game. I think that's – everyone talks, well, their run game's got better. Well, why? I think more it's just been this, this – attacking vertical run game mindset you know so often under Ken it was a sideline to sideline run game and now it feels a end zone to end zone run game they're much more downhill I think James Cook's vision and his ability to bounce stuff and square his shoulders even a player like Latavius Murray has elevated that run game so it's not just like they're running the ball better I, I say this all the time. It's, it's, it seems like in Buffalo with that run, and Marcus knows this, I've talked about this before, is 
They're just calling runs at times now. And sometimes when you call runs, they got more than us, guys. Offensive mm -hmm. line, go move them off the ball. Mm. And so often when they're, you're so RPO-centric, they don't have that mentality, you know? And so it's, it's like Buffalo over the past couple weeks has said, we're going to run at you, and it doesn't matter if you have more than us. Offensive line, move those guys. And I think that mentality has been a big swing in how successful the run has been. Mm. Y'all, I'm at the crib, right, and, you know, doing the show, and I can hear my dog in there screaming because he's ready to get out of his crate. He's ready to get out of his crate. Like, he's ready to go outside and get busy, and that's what Stefan Diggs is ready to do because <laughs> Buffalo now, you're in a stretch where you have to have every single game that you play in in order to get into this postseason, and now I think it's time to get your guy going. You know who the most reliable receiver is, and I agree with Hawk with what he said about Shakir. I've been the guy to come on here and talk about Gabe Davis needs to have a big game. Mm -hmm. Where is the next guy for the Buffalo Bills? Oh, okay, that's great. Let them make their plays. But it is time for Stefan Diggs to go. We saw the throw where he lined up inside the trips then against Philly. The touchdown before that happened in Cincinnati when he was isolated on the backside in the fourth quarter of that game before he really got involved. I want him to have more targets than Gabe Davis in this game. Mm -hmm. And Joe Brady has, has – he should have the intention to get him involved early with just getting the ball in his hands and letting him create after catch. But it's Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen time now with playoff hopes on the line, bro. I agree with you and Steph. I would disagree in the manner, Marcus. This is a game for me that the ball has to go down the field on their safeties in Kansas City. I think the corners are awesome mm. players. I think their safeties are good players. Brian Cook going to be out a little bit. Just schematically, this is a game that you take Steph and you vertically push him at their safeties and you allow, like, the threat of his speed and route running to take shots down the field on those guys, not on the corners. I can't wait for this one. Both teams needing to win after close mm. losses, and that's a good spot to have both of these teams. Time for one more thing before we go. The NFL Live family got bigger this season with two more additions. Our researcher Mike and his wife Jane welcomed baby Josephine into the world last week. Mike, enjoy some time away. She is gorgeous. And our director Matt just oh, recently returned Melody. from paternity leave as he and his wife Leah welcomed baby Melody into their family earlier this fall. Oh, what cuties. And by the way, don't be on this show if you don't want to have babies because we have so many babies babies now <laughs> yeah. on this show. We have five babies born this year. So if you're on Man. this show, you're probably having a baby. Okay? I need some hobbies. <laughs> I am. I need to get some hobbies around here. Get the hell out of here. Ah, get the hell out of here. I have no more. See you tomorrow. Got too much free time here at NFL Live. <laughs> <laughs>